tell me, how is your relationship with your mother? I mean, are you a professional? I, I mean, I guess you're right. I'm not a professional. But you know what? I mean, what's wrong with asking those kind of questions? You know, you're right. I never really thought about that. We all have emotions. Why do we look to professionals to tell our emotions to? I think that's true. Maybe we should start a podcast about it. Well, how do we start a podcast? Bring people on, have them share their experiences, and share those experiences with the world. Well, you know, that's a good point. So I guess the more important question is, how do you feel? Hello, hello, Emotion All listeners. How's it going? We're on our second episode. We are super excited. Man, and time flies. Yeah. Like we're it, already on number two. Yeah. It feels like just a two. week ago we were on number <laughs> one. We were. We, yeah, we were. It was almost exactly a week ago. Yeah. A week ago till the release anyway. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I am James Castillo. I am sitting here with the ever-hilarious... Evan Johnson. Evan, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling hilarious, James. I'm You're glad feeling... you noticed. I am just overflowing with exuberance and hilarity at the moment. Amazing. I'm ready to just not take anything seriously and just lay on the jokes for today. <laughs> well, actually, we have some pretty serious topics to talk about today. As much as I would like to be really funny, and don't get me <laughs> wrong, we'll probably be cracking some jokes. But actually, what I want to talk about today in episode two is how we need to start working with our emotions rather than working from our emotions. Mm. And I know, Evan, me and you have been talking about this a little bit when it comes to the bottle analogy, when it comes to adding negative emotions to this bottle that explodes. That's kind of what I'm talking about when I say working from emotion. Right, like you're building this collection of emotions and not really acknowledging them, not letting them kind of just flow through you or through your life, uh, really just kind of harnessing it a bunch. Is that kind of what you mean when you yeah. say with and from? Yeah, I guess um, more of what I'm talking about is the working from intention of emotions, not letting emotions happen from a place of reaction yeah. well, it's like and anything... working with them to knowing that they affect you, an event affected you, however you want to talk about it. And we're working with the emotions to help ourselves through it, not reacting to what just happened. Yeah. So it's and more guess, intentional, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I would, I wonder if another way to think about it would be if you're kind of storing all of these emotions, it's kind of just like having a huge, heavy satchel that you're just carrying around all the time so that any action you take in life, it's going to be like that huge weight you're carrying is just oh, going to yeah. be impacting all those Definitely. decisions you make. You know? Exactly. You're going to be I... under more stress. You're not going to be thinking as clearly. Whereas if you can just kind of let them go and uh, pass through. I think that's actually a good way to talk about it is, is a good load on your shoulders. Um, because my analogies, what I think of when I think of emotions is that our emotions are kind of like our check engine light. You know, in your car, you hop in your car, at least us being in our 20s, not everyone has enough money to just fix their car when their check engine light comes right. on. Well, and I'm but, just ner too nervous to even go to the <laughs> to the 
to the mechanic to, the mechanic to, know to what's see wrong. what's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're so, just gonna tell me a dozen things, and I'm just gonna be like, ah. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> and I think if you apply that to emotions, our emotions are essentially trying to tell us something. You know, it's so something happens, and our emotional response triggers something in our body. And it's like our check engine light telling us either we like it, we don't like it, it's going to make us stressed, it's going to do this, this, and this to our bodies. And uh, when you let that check engine light keep running and you keep ignoring it because you don't want to take it to the mechanic, then you have this, you either break down or you have a load of problems just like the, you know, satchel on your back or the the sack that you've thrown over that's now weighing down your shoulders it's basically the same thing like you were talking about after time builds yeah absolutely and i think that whole idea of just being too nervous to go to the mechanic to even find out it's like we're kind of just too nervous i feel this way sometimes even i just feel too nervous even wanting to dive into my own feelings about stuff i'd rather when i get cut off in the road just like let myself feel angry not try to ask take the time to ask myself why am i feeling angry right now yeah definitely that just takes such a level of i feel like cognitive strength sometimes to be able to well yeah in a stressful environment taking the time to do that after you're driving and not (laughs) maybe you want to focus or before on the road rather than be how do i feel right now (laughs) that can lead to some really big problems (laughs) do not acknowledge your emotions while operating a motor vehicle (laughs) yeah exactly kind of like meditation you know it takes some intention at first do not operate if you are breastfeeding or (laughs) pregnant or may become pregnant do not ignore the side effects of checking into emotions yep (laughs) There are drastic consequences, but we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about how working with your emotions rather than working from your emotions can benefit you. And you painted it also uh, going off of the bottle analogy a little bit, but you painted it as also kind of like a river kind of flowing and like letting that. I just really admired it because it was really like Taoistic a little bit. Yeah, when we were actually talking before this, uh, before we hit record in this episode actually started we were talking about i guess emotions being like a river or more of managing your emotions being like a river that if you're in the river let's say it's a really wide river or something and it's rushing and you're trying to swim upstream that's you fighting past your emotions that's you not acknowledging your situation that's just you trying to panic and get out of it yeah Yeah. and not drowned (laughs) which honestly if you think about it in this day and age a lot of people just have this survivalist mentality Mm -hmm. of i just have to stay afloat yeah and what kind of life is that to live oh yeah exactly that's a whole other thing but it's like if you're literally just swimming only to survive our bars should, for life, quality of life shouldn't be not dead, you know? That oh, yeah, be. <laughs> exactly. Just like politics shouldn't be voting for the lesser of two evils, but that's Ideally, a yeah. whole another subject. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to emotions and handling our emotions, it's like a river, you know? You're fighting upstream and you're fighting the emotions and you're just trying to stay afloat. When you start to acknowledge them and you start to surrender to them i think is the better word for that Mm -hmm. you start to go down the stream a little bit it's it's not going to be easy you are going to go downstream it's you might we're talking class four class (laughs) 
class three. Let's just say there's a waterfall at the end, and that's like depression or suicide because suicide is real. It's a negative aspect that if you just let these emotions just take control, you'll go off of that waterfall. So really, I guess the best way to paint the analogy is like learning how to navigate the stream to find the best course once you're willing to flow down it. Exactly. You have to stop fighting the currents to Mm -hmm. realize your situation that you've put yourself in. And when you start to go down the river, you can realize that you can swim sideways. You don't have to swim up or down. You can swim to shore. And that's working with the river, working with the emotions, rather than just working from a place of panic and trying to fight the emotions. Working with the the flow. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So that's kind of just the topics for episode two. We'll talk about, I guess, the inner workings of... I guess, body chemistry and how our emotions trigger things in our bodies. And when you kind of dive a little deeper into that, you realize that you have control over the events you put yourself in. What? Imagine that. It's crazy. You mean you can think your own thoughts intentionally? You can have control over your reactions and your feelings if you have enough willpower, practice, patience, uh... You know, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, and we're not going to talk like we're experts on the matter, but just from the research we've done and uh, from the experiences we've had uh, and people we've talked to, I think we could at least paint a clearer picture and hopefully over the course of the next few episodes get some experts in who can shed more light. Oh, yeah, definitely. And how that kind of applies to body chemistry is basically an event happens our body chemistry changes and if we have that much information then we can basically say that if we change our thoughts and the events that we put ourselves in then we can change our body function we can change our body chemistry and most people think of that almost as woo woo as like a superhero kind of thing like you can change what happens to your body but if you logically break it down like science gave us the logic to come up with these conclusions and it's kind of up to us to go through some trial and error to at least try it out yeah i agree uh i think a lot of this is going to be entirely dependent on uh, a lot of things but i hope that we'll also be able to highlight the fact that some people it's not just a matter of being able to flow flow with your feelings as much because there are uh, conditions of people with deficiencies in things like dopamine or uh, adrenaline or I don't know different types of bodily chemicals I'm sure uh, would you say you agree with that oh yeah definitely I think and in there's... that case that's where like medication is needed I, I suppose yeah again going off of the first episode we are not telling anyone what their experience is <laughs> we're more of painting a pictures of uh ideologies that society has painted for us that a story has been told to us that this is how it is for us i'm not disregarding medical conditions where body chemistry is altered and maybe genetically or hereditarily things have been passed down you're just born with it yeah yeah sometimes (laughs) that stuff just happens And uh, I don't want to disregard that those are real things, but I do want to stop focusing on that's the only thing. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a, I think that's a good way of putting it because I think that there are a fair amount of people in the world that uh, probably have been fed a story like that, that they are living with something that they can't fix or uh, they're living in a situation that they can't fix, like a an emotional situation, maybe not a financial or any other. But even outside of that, if you think about the financial stuff, the financial stress that you are in triggers an emotion in yourself. Mm, that's true. And actually, we'll just jump right into it right now into the episode with that really nice segue of talking about stress on a general sense. Stress is a very negative thing. Everyone will agree on that. Nobody likes to feel stressed. Nobody likes to feel agitated. And these are all very negative aspects of emotions. When we talk about body chemistry and we talk about emotions, they do go hand in hand. We're going to go a little bit more on the sciencey side for this episode, but more of the application of handling these emotions will probably go back into the spiritual side. But when it comes to the science of emotions, we know that thoughts happen or events happen that then trigger emotional responses in our bodies. Emotional responses are literally at its most basic core in the realm of science, just hormones and certain molecules and chemicals that are released either from your brain or other parts of your body that create these responses. Okay. They are reactions to a stimulus, right. to a thought, to an event, to whatever happened to trigger these chemicals to be released. Yeah, and I just want to uh, I want to let you keep elaborating for sure, but I quickly just want to point out that I think this is probably one of the most uh, profound gaps in our knowledge and understanding of nature is this uh this this thing that happens between uh, a physical reaction and this translation i guess i should say this translation between a physical reaction and a manifestation of energy like how energy transforms uh into phys and chemical reactions uh, turn into something physical basically like uh it's it comes down to the origin of life but also what you're talking about is like these chemical reactions in our brains or electrical signals in our brains which is what thoughts are translate into chemical reactions i think that's just such a fascinating thing that can that occurs in the brains of yeah animals, it's you know that's, if you kind of just go back to i mean of course that's not the subjective experience yeah. of it that's just how we scientifically describe it but. yeah exactly um scientifically describing things this is like high school yeah this is you know microbiology and i'll just i'll college. be the first to admit i probably slept through that lecture not thinking it was even <laughs> closely relevant it, to does, anything. it wasn't important and i would slightly agree with that you know psychology at least in our high school was kind of just an elective class so it's like kind of a blow-off class but I was interested in it. I've always been interested Well, psychology in was it. biology, wasn't, I guess, is, was my... Well, I mean, when you go into the biochemistry of it, you're taking psychology, you're True. taking biology, and you're taking chemistry, and you're kind of throwing them all into one. So not to confuse too many people, like you don't need a college degree to really <laughs> understand some of the topics that we're talking about, because a lot of the things are just high school taught that... 
your body releases hormones and chemicals to help bodily function. And so if you just take that idea and you elaborate it on emotions specifically, you realize that emotions also have the power to trigger these chemical changes. And so when you kind of elaborate that, when going into the negative aspects of stress and agitation, um, I actually, I'm going to pull up some things that I did some research on. I was going through, like I might have mentioned already, Harvard and uh, WebMD, and I did University of Berkeley as well. I found a few different studies as far as what actually happens to the body during stressful situations. And I guess as listeners right now, I would just ask yourself, what do you tend to feel when you feel stressed? Evan, I'll just ask you, what what do you think the signs of, when you think of stress, what do you think your body goes through? When I think of stress, uh, when I think of stress, I think of like tightness in my muscles, uh, kind of just all throughout my body, but I guess specifically in my chest area, maybe arms, like sweatier palms, kind of like heart palpitations, um, things like that, I guess. Like I don't necessarily, I know... Uh, physical pain is a thing a lot of people cope with when they're stressed. I don't think I get stressed enough. I've been stressed enough in my life to experience that, but I know that's something I've you're just to people you're about. just so privileged, Evan. You've just yeah, never I just experienced don't have any hardship in my life. Well, honestly, like uh, I I haven't always been that way. I'll just go on a quick side tangent, but um, you know, I I definitely had a lot of anxieties about things, you know, growing up. Like I just have I. I wasn't talkative and like didn't fit in in some ways. And I wasn't like bullied or anything hardcore. There are people who have had much worse experiences, obviously coming up through the school system, but like, um, you know, I just wasn't the most outgoing, but it like around like high school, maybe a little bit, even after high school, like kind of had the turn of psychology, kind of learning about some of this stuff. Like if I can just like switch that dialogue in my brain to like, I'm, a victim of all this and like this is happening to me rather than like I kind of have control of the way things are going in a way like just make positive changes in the places that I can that that kind of turned it around for me and I have I have felt significantly less stress then like I know this is kind of breaking the structure we're going to go into what happens first and then how to <laughs> deal with it but um you were just commenting like that doesn't sound very stressful at all and i would just say those yeah, minor no. <laughs> stresses i have had don't even compare to some things that other people have but so to turn the microphone back to the <laughs> listener you guys should be definitely asking yourselves what do you experience when you're stressed and be be mindful of it yeah and it was definitely a joke obviously we're not here to tell you how you're feeling and the significance I, I think we should take it. a shot every time we say we're not experts but <laughs> we're not That's, we don't really know what yeah. but Little do you know, that emotion all is actually just a <laughs> drinking <to>. game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, me and Evan know each other enough to know when we're joking, but I would never say these things to someone that's like, oh, I feel these things when I'm stressed because stress is a real feeling. Like I said, how you handle it is what I'll kind of judge. We're humans. We get a little judgy. Um, but 
feelings are there for a reason, and that's not for me to judge. But going off of your stress responses, you actually hit quite a few um, from WebMD. Oh, thank God. So I passed? Did I get at least 7 out of 10? Well, I'm just going to say uh, you're normal. Okay. The, the symptoms you feel Quote from stress normal. are normal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what it says here... So if I had like bleeding from under my fingernails, you'd say maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not normal. Maybe you're a little too stressed. Maybe okay. there's something else going on. But um, basically, your heart rate increases... Your breathing actually quickens, which I feel like most people don't focus in on their breathing. They might, you know, like you said, the sweaty palms, the tightness in the muscles, which are actually all things on here. But breathing is another one that I feel like most people kind of skip over. In the first episode, you were talking about um, when you do get anxiety specifically, you know, you feel like your breath is almost being taken away. Um, and that's I mean, it kind of shows it right here. Your breath quickens under stressful situations. And then the things that I guess we don't really feel are going to be like your blood pressure rises as well. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I wonder about that is just how much of it is a result of me trying to not outwardly look stressed because I feel like I'm really self-conscious about my outward image when I'm experiencing something negative. And so... I wonder like how much of it I'm feeding back into myself. If I like can just not look stressed, I won't be stressed. But then that in turn makes me more. Like I, think I wonder that's, yeah, that's if a, I need to just let myself feel stressed or something or just look stressed. That's a beautiful acknowledgement because it's another layer to the emotion that some people just don't know. That you feel an emotion, but you then suppress it and you bottle it up and then... The anxiety of, oh, I have to bottle it up is another fear on top of it. Right. So okay. then you've just created two levels of negative emotions. <laughs> Again, it's not wrong what you're doing. It's a story that's been fed to us that showing emotion is weakness. So that's kind of just ingrained in the way that yeah. we were raised. But it's up to us to kind of break that cycle. Yeah. And one of the one of the first times I had it introduced to me that way actually was watching the show Lost. Um, which I had never seen up until like a couple of years ago. My roommates tried to introduce me to it. And within the first few episodes, like one of the characters has an asthma attack and some guy who's a doctor like gets right in her face. He's like, you're fighting two battles right now. Like that was the first thing he said. Like people who really know the show, <laughs> diehard fans are going <laughs> to misquote me, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, he basically said, you know, one is your actual asthma, but one is a psychological battle that you're telling yourself you're going to die, but you're not. And oh, he's yeah. like trying to like paint it that way and that was uh that was definitely one of those awakening moments for me definitely there's more stressful symptoms that come from that too if you're gonna take it to that intensity like you were saying an asthma attack there's like upset stomach that comes from just the anxiety itself like even disregarding the physical asthma attack the fear and the stress and the anxiety that comes from that the some of the symptoms are like headaches aches and pains, tightness in the muscles, like you already explained. Um, insomnia is actually one of them as a short-term response to anxiety. Let's say you had a stressful event, and I, I feel like most people can actually attest to this when you just say, like, you witnessed a car accident or you were in a car accident. Like, trying to sleep, sleep that, that night, night yeah. might be pretty difficult if, yeah. if your mind is racing and you're still emotional about it yeah 
Well, and yeah, and also I've, I mean, I've had times where just my adrenaline is too high to sit down and do something or uh, like let it go. So I'm sure that that chemical also plays a huge part in that. Like it's supposed to be a defense mechanism. It's telling your body you need to move out of this situation, but I don't know. Definitely, yeah. Adrenaline is one of those um, endocrine system hormones that come out that, again, the first thing that we mentioned was increased heart rate. And it'll do what that. increases that heart <laughs> it'll rate do that is you. the adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, I guess, going more into the, the chemistry of the body. But yeah, these are all just the symptoms of stress and anxiety, basically. It goes as far as like loss of sexual desire or ability to nervousness and shaking to dry mouth. Like these are all things that I wouldn't have expected, but these are all studies done on the physical effects outwardly that are shown. So I guess to talk about some of the biggest stresses there are, obviously there are big things that we've all probably heard about and read about like, you know, big life changes, like buying a house, even, even if it's something that could have a positive thing down the road, there's a lot of financial things that come with it. You know, having a child, um, new job, either like losing a job or even getting a new one, um, getting a promotion, coming with new responsibilities. But then there's, of course, more negative things that are more likely going to become stressors like divorce or illness in the family, death of a loved one, things like that. And so I would just like to quickly paint a picture of maybe something that some people have uh, been experiencing lately uh, with the pandemic, the current uh, COVID-19 pandemic going on. You know, say you're someone who's maybe in their 20s or so, has a has a, a mother or father that you're is already kind of immunocompromised and you're taking care of them and uh, you guys are constantly worried about COVID and you're doing the most you can to keep yourself clean and keep your house clean and everything. Um, But you're constantly kind of living with this thought in the back of your mind of like, oh, if my parent that I'm supposed to be taking care of gets this, I'll be devastated. And like, I have to keep constantly the bubble clean, the surfaces clean, everything, uh, watching who I talk to and everything like that's going to just have a really tough impact on your life. And you might start to experience some of these types of things. uh, If you're a person in a similar situation, like uh, you'll have loss of sleep because you'll be constantly worrying. You might just have heart palpitations and like, you'll be, (laughs) you'll see a crowd of people coming towards you and start to just uh, get sweaty palms without being able to control it. So uh, James, I would just ask you like, what, what does this situation look like going forward? Going forward, well, and that's another interesting thing, too, is backtracking slightly and talking about the many layers of emotions. Those are all super important to acknowledge as stressors that, yeah, it's direct like that. It's, yeah, I know COVID exists. I know it affects me in this way. But the stressor that people sometimes forget about when they're focusing on the disease itself is we are told by our government to stay inside as well. So not only are we worried about this virus or disease that affects our life, but we're also claustrophobic and locked up in this house. So we also are just secluded we're deprived of something that we thoughts. need also. Yeah. Sunlight, yeah. Oh, yeah. So And social interaction. <laughs> yeah, so it makes it a little bit more intense when there's... I think COVID is a... Multi-layered stressor. Oh, yeah. It's a really interesting aspect to life and our the the disease that usually comes about is like the common cold or like an outbreak in an area. 
but when it affects the whole world, and I'm, I'll probably narrow in and just focus on the United States for a second just because that's where we're from, when you kind of focus on everyone being affected in that sense and stay inside, you, again, are adding a layer of claustrophobia. And when it affects the whole United States, it, it affects our economy, which means people get laid off from their job, which is, again, another stressor that you've mentioned. So there's so many stressors that have built up from this COVID situation that it's it's incredible. So I guess what we're what we're hoping for today <laughs> is to get some kind of like master key that we can start using to unlock all of these layers at once, right? Like that would be the goal would be to have some kind of exercise, mental exercise that we could work on to get ourselves to be able to unlock all of these layers and kind of just start to break through some of these things. Definitely. We'll get to there by the end of the episode. We'll definitely have some exercises ready. And even in future episodes, like you had mentioned before, bringing in professionals that actually have specific exercises that they use. And we'll try to get as many people from all spectrums of life as we can, because how you manage your stress is going to be different than someone else. And the people the like people are all going to have different types of stressors and also different severities of the same stressors, I oh, guess, yeah. too. Like some people like in the LGBTQ community might have like different levels of stress to how they interact with the world and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking of one specific thing, but I've met several people in that community who are like, yeah, you know, eh. like somebody will, you know, they'll talk about an interaction they had and it couldn't even really phase them but then other people just have like such a more much more difficult time coping with that same type of dilemma so. definitely we kind of paint our picture of emotions in this podcast is like oh we're just simply talking about emotions but emotions are honestly so complex as it relates to individual humans that we could just that's the reason we have a podcast is yeah. because there's so many things to talk about. It's like so many it's aspects. growing more and more difficult to make blanket statements about emotions and how they affect people. Like there are some general knowledge things that of course we know, like don't do what's bad for you and do what's good for you. But beyond that, you know, it's so subjective. Sometimes. Yeah. Blanket statements are honestly what I believe got us here in the first place on how we handle <laughs> yeah. our emotions. Yeah. Um, but if we're going into, I guess, a more positive light on happiness. Yeah, go back to this one analogy, or not analogy, but uh, hypothetical well, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we were talking, if we go back to the beginning of the podcast and we say that an event happens and our body chemistry changes based off of our body's reaction to it, we really focused on stress because people definitely realize that stress makes them agitated or it makes them on edge or it has physical symptoms but we almost forget to realize the opposite end of the spectrum of happiness that in turn an event happens or a thought happens let's just say it's a happy memory of like when you were in high school and you just used to run around without like any consequence you would well, just used to few consequences <laughs> have no financial consequences i guess yeah but if you think about back to a happy memory like that, your body chemistry is changing again. Mm. It's not Even changing if it's not one way. not something that's presently happening to you. If it's something yeah. That happens. Well, the same with stress. If you think about the death of a loved one, oh, I see. body chemistry will change into 
being sad and being upset. It's a, it's a stimulus that happened to your body that made it change. But we forget the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to happiness, that when a happy event happens, let's say you're, I don't know, walking down the street and you see a $5 bill on the ground. Like, that's a pretty happy moment. It might be a little bit more materialistic. I mean, I wish it was a $10 bill. <laughs> now you're just creating Pessimism stressors. versus optimism. <laughs> the glass is always half empty. Exactly. Okay, you find a $100 bill. Well, why okay. couldn't it have been a $1,000 bill? Like... <laughs> Clearly, if someone's walking around with a hundreds, they've probably got a thousand dollars they could have let fly out of you their You remember pocket. that emotional sack on your shoulders? It was actually just filled with money and you found it on the street. <laughs> Somebody's emotional financial baggage was spilling over. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to topic. Take a um, shot. Yeah, exactly. Straight, we straight off topic. Um, going back into the happiness aspect, body chemistry changes there as well. Um we all know like the happiness hormones will be like dopamine and things that really get us elevated and feeling good in our body. And I want to stray away from the specific chemicals and talk about more of like what happens in the body. And again, I think this specific study was the one from Berkeley that I was looking at. And it was saying that uh, research has found that happiness predicts lower heart rate and blood pressure. So there's two big things right there that'll yeah, decrease your that chances is of actually, cancer of yeah, a, lot of a health aspect when yeah. it comes to science. That's not even the emotional aspect. That's what the emotion did for your body as mm -hmm. far as health reasons. And it's another feedback loop, you know, like the less the less healthy you are, the more likely you are to be stressed about things like walking long distances or just having to do a lot of physical things or well, yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that because it Medical was actually bills. saying that too, that they actually put participants in a study of having them do things that made them happy and then exposed them to stress and then did another control group where they just had them live their regular lives and then put them in a stressful situation. And the people that did happy activities prior to the stressful event um, actually had less reaction to stress in their body chemistry and everything. Uh, and then another study um, had 350 adults that volunteered to get exposed to the common cold. <laughs> and you might be thinking, like, what's the point in this? But they actually showed that people who did happy activities before being exposed got less sick in frequency and intensity. Wow. That's so cool that positive emotions can bring out positive aspects in our body and it shows us the control that our body has on our emotional state. Or I guess our physical the other state. way around that the emotional state has control over our physical body state. Yeah, I mean, I think they work in tandem a little bit. I mean... But the fact that you have so much power with just your mind, it just makes you wonder how many things we are capable of, how many small ailments in our body or our mind we're capable of healing with the power of our own thoughts. Oh, yeah. And again, going back to like the first episode, talking about qigong or working on our emotions to set a goal, I would say... Like, even that's too far. Thinking of, oh, what we could heal in our bodies if we were just happy. Like, 
step one is just being happy to begin with, to finding the exercises in your life that make you happy, which in turn actually make you more resistant to stress, which is kind of a cool study in itself. It's not that you are more happy and less stress. It's that happiness actually fights off stress. That's such a cool aspect in itself. And then doing more happiness exercises or just activities that make you happier as a person gets you less sick in intensity and frequency. It, you know, improves your blood circulation, your heart rate and your blood pressure. Like these are all health symptoms that I feel like people go to doctors to serve or to fix, I guess, when we can just do happy activities and small ailments will start to fade. Yeah. And it's at the same time, it's like, it sounds crazy. It's like, well, what's the point of just being happy all the time to try to get myself, if it might not even to try to make myself better, if it won't even work. That's just kind of weird because it's like, what's the point of being happy all the time just to do something? It's like, you should just be happy all the time. (laughs) The point of life is to try to do things that make you happy. You should just do them. And even if, even if, your, you know, wounds or your things don't get healed. If you can kind of quote unquote, force yourself to be happy by doing these things that, you know, make you happy, um, and, and help you get your long-term happiness going, because to go back to that, it's like, you know, playing video games might make you happy in that moment. And if that's something that you need to do to just take your mind off something else, maybe that's a good thing. But if it's one of those things that doesn't bring you long-term happiness, like you find yourself getting more upset than happy, and you find yourself when you're not playing video games being agitated. Well, it's if, definitely if you can find things that promote your long-term happiness enough, it won't matter whether or not those things actually go away, even because you'll be happy. Like you'll be happy and you'll be satisfied. Well, and that's I regardless. think another part of this podcast series that I love so much is taking a second like right now to ask how are you feeling like listeners how are you feeling in this moment is one of the first steps to actually asking yourself how I feel about something because when it comes to video games I feel like some people play video games not because it makes them this is where we are experts now we can step (laughs) into something where we actually know (laughs) Yeah, video games, our forte. But no, when it comes to video games creating happiness, there comes a point to where you have to ask yourself, is it creating happiness or is it just distracting from stressors? That's true. That's true. Because through the COVID stuff, I've noticed myself playing video games more often yeah. just because well, I don't just want more time to watch to the so news and too. Yeah. handle all of that stress. I'd rather just play video games. But when I started to realize that, that I wasn't doing video games out of happiness, I was doing it out of distraction, then I can ask myself, okay, well, how do I want to handle it from here on out? Do I want to keep playing video games or do I want to actually go do something that's going to benefit my happiness and then come play video games when I'm already in a state of happiness? Yeah. So now we have to ask ourselves, is this podcast just one big distraction from everything going on? <laughs> or are we just that entertaining? We're or distracted. Actually We're just distracting ourselves from the real <laughs> questions here. So I guess the first question after you're asking, how am I feeling? Yeah. Listeners, definitely ask yourself, like, check in, check that engine light, like, right now in the moment, 
we've been talking about stressors and stuff like that. Have any of these rec- uh, brought up memories or things you've thought about or things you've been dwelling on that uh, maybe you could take a moment to acknowledge? Building on that, we talked about happiness as well. So acknowledging happiness, acknowledging stressors is the first step. After that, you have to decide what you want to do with it. We've talked a lot about stress. We've talked a lot about happiness, but you have to build or extinguish an aspect of them. And we wouldn't necessarily be talking about these things and then just leave you high and dry. Like, that's the end of the podcast. There's your information. Good luck. <laughs> we actually want to talk Go about him, some exercises that it, it takes to, to being happy. Obviously, the first part is asking yourself, what would make me happy in this moment? Like you've kind of mentioned already, Evan, people handle their stresses differently. It's subjective. What happens to them is not what happens to everyone as far as what they're feeling and how their body's reacting to it. And the same goes with happiness. What makes you happy is for you. (laughs) I'm going to give some generic exercises that actually help bring up more happiness as far as studies. Uh, This one is from Harvard specifically. There was six things that they recommended for uh, working on happiness. So let's maybe uh, let's maybe like paint it as uh, talking about this this person that was dealing with this COVID, this hypothetical person dealing with this COVID crisis. Like, what would you kind of say to them as far as what they could do to start implementing into their life? So I guess not what I'm saying. What Harvard is saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> if exactly. you're feeling stressed, uh, the first thing that they actually did a study on was breath focus, which is again, an amazing thing that I think we just disregard as humans when it comes to emotions is that if you can take a second and take in 10 deep breaths, they don't say 10 here. Yeah. And this is going to, I guess, be mashed up with some of my spiritual practices is breathing from your belly, 10 deep breaths in and out Again, like you said, with intention, breath, focus, not just breathing 10 breaths just while you think done. about just stressors. Yeah, <laughs> well, a, you're no. saying I can't think about the uncomfortable stuff while I mean, I'm breathing? If you want to contradict the breathing focus, then I guess go for it, if that's your goal. But if, if your goal if is I'm to just trying actually... to get 10 quick breaths in, like I don't have the time to take. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not saying do that. That's not what Harvard Do said. not do that actually focusing on your breath i just say 10 because some people just really can't take that much time out of their day and that's okay if you're Plus busy, we live in america and it's it. a base 10 system yeah exactly Ten's we need we need an easy measurement because we're from america we don't understand much more after 10 yeah it's about <laughs> it's all the fingers we god gave us and that's all we're gonna use <laughs> so i would just say 10 focused breaths if you can i highly suggest doing it for five minutes five minutes for me just clears everything from my head it again going back to episode one it is hard to just clear your thoughts i'm not saying to just push them all aside i am saying to focus on your breath with a little bit more intention and as you keep doing it it'll get easier yeah 
And I would say a specific thing uh, somebody could do that I've been taught if they're trying to get better about clearing their thoughts in that way, if you're willing to spend the five minutes and able to, um, and you're working on that breathing, focus on maybe just that small sensation of the breath coming in your nose, like that little bit of cold air kind of rushing past your nostrils, and then maybe just the the warmth coming out, um, however you're doing it, like focusing on those little parts of your body at a time while you're doing it, rather than letting the thoughts come in and distract you, uh, might help get into that yeah. state. Yeah, and, and I kind of talked about belly breaths as well. I think it's it's really important aspect that some people, you know, we just breathe with our lungs, and so we decide that that's where our breath should come from. When you start bringing breathing from your belly, it's a different sensation one energetically it's more of just like my spiritual exercises and i won't go too deep into that but when you're breathing from your belly it almost gives you more intention as well as far as something else to focus on it almost feels like it's opening up more channels in your body somehow like it feels like it's energetically kind of... yeah yeah that's, that's kind of where i was going with that number two they say body scan um that's so just, step into an MRI? No, not quite the science okay. side of it. But like we've already been mentioning, scan your body. Ask how you feel. Is We've talked a lot about the emotions. We'll also go into how do you feel as far as a body scan. When I asked you, Evan, how stress comes for you, you said sweaty palms, tightened muscles. That's a body scan already. That's scanning the physical body to see where the tension lies but you're saying to do that in the moment rather than thinking about like what if did you're my just body... yeah scanning your body and feeling what feels good it's actually going to be more beneficial for you yeah and if, if you're, you're sitting in a chair sitting, like notice where the tightness is where the pressure is all yeah, those things yeah. i i would stray away obviously if we're trying to do exercises that enlighten us i would do a body scan even like touch yourself with your physical hand run your hands along your body that's actually kind of a qigong exercise as well that it's not touching the body but for a beginner i would just say just touch your body just start at your hand hold your hands together and then just run one of your hands up the wrist of your other hand up to your elbow up to your biceps up to your shoulders across your chest just Touch yourself. Just body scan. It It feels good. If, just touch yourself. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to get too inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> we got there's child a good, listeners There's a good kind here. of body scan, all right? There's a PG kind of body scan, <laughs> and then we got the X-rated kind of body scan. We're talking about the PG version. Moving on. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Number three uh, is guided imagery. Um, some people would just say that's meditation but i would say if you're a more logical thinker just guided imagery put on a youtube video that says imagine yourself walking down a beach or just that i'll just i'll be your your video imagine yourself lying calmly no i don't feel like i have that soothing of a voice <laughs> yeah. anyway we gotta, we gotta pay somebody with a golden voice yeah, to come exactly. in and do that um, but just imagine yourself doing calming or exciting or happy activities. Okay, so it's just not like... Just the imagining, if, going back to the memory side, if there's a specific memory that brings you there, perfect, follow that. If you're really not that creative and you can't think of 
things that you are doing on an imagination scale, then think of a happy memory. But the point is to have some sort of elated emotional Elated emotional. So don't think like, it's not just about having a soothing voice and thinking about something like, imagine you're in a helicopter careening out of control. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The pilot is dead. You're strapped in, and why you have are you nothing putting this a... in people's heads right now? Well, That's you said guided imagery, and I'm just making sure. I'm just no, clarifying the imagery needs to be positive. Of a positive. We're thing. trying to get to happiness, okay. but, Got but it. you know what? I I can even say that I'm wrong here because if those thoughts make you happy, who <laughs> am I to judge? Of, yeah, exactly. So back to it. All right, here we go. <laughs> the mountain is approaching. Uh, so, I think I think part of that though is. Uh, not just imagining yourself in a place and trying to imagine what it would visually look like, but try to like imagine the warmth on your skin from the sun, like the grass on your back. If that's where yeah, you are, that's... you know, f- think about those physical sensations as well. Cause that's going to help your body. As far as I understand it anyway, that's going to help your body and your mind um, kind of put you there. Like think about the physical. Yeah. Definitely reactions. put yourself in that situation. Don't just necessarily think about it. If you, again, if you, if you have a hard time with imagination, then there are steps to take. I guess I just mean, imagine it, um, imagine it interacting with your other you. senses. Imagine yeah. the sounds, imagine, imagine the smells. The, yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. That's okay. a really great point. Um, outside of that, number four is going to be mindfulness meditation. Um, Which is different than guided imagery, I guess. Oh, yeah. I would say imagery is more of putting your internal to feel external. Yeah. I would say mindfulness meditation is focusing on the internal. Internal. Okay. Focusing on your internal thoughts and being happy and focusing on that energy. Again, everyone has their own exercises that they're going to do. There's YouTube guided videos. There's Spotify guided meditations. There's so many resources that you can go do and find what feels good to you. If there's a meditation that goes way too far into the woo-woo aspect and they're like, think about your chakras and breathe in the color red. If that doesn't feel good to you, then don't do it. How do you breathe in the color red? (laughs) Well, if you've been meditating as long as I have, you would understand. So that's expert level. Don't start there. No, I'm not saying expert level, but it it definitely takes some practice and some study of chakras if you're going to go into that. Uh, the next step would be yoga, tai chi, and qigong. Which, guess what, guys? That's what I do also. And so, why is this a separate uh, step from the rest? How does moving meditation benefit you? Well, what's actually Harvard. interesting that you talk about that is I I did some research in one of my college classes on like the effects of exercise. And while I won't go into that, moving your body, the movement of muscles, obviously causes your brain to say, oh we need energy to this area of the body or whatever it's going to be. So you start releasing hormones through exercise as well. So the positive exercises like Qigong, Tai Chi, yoga are kind of the meditation, the spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect of that physical movement. And they're specifically designed to release certain energies in certain parts of the body so that your brain is releasing hormones specifically and sending them to those parts of the body. So those types of exercises in movement are specifically structured 
to set your body up for certain things. I see. There are things like yoga, qigong, tai chi that are meant to release stress, which I will tell you right away, if it's releasing stress, that means you are feeling the stress. Mm. You are feeling it to then release it. It can't just like leave your body without you acknowledging it. So I will say, if you are trying you to... You can't get rid of all those bottles behind your back without throwing <laughs> it over your shoulder and maybe twisting a muscle or something. Yeah, exactly. There, It takes some work to release stresses. But if you are also working on building happiness, I would say focus on those videos for Qigong, uh, yoga, and Tai Chi. Right. If you're trying to relieve the stress, then go find those videos, but forewarning they are going to bring up stress in order to release it it's a long-term thing it's not a short-term gratification i'm really glad you pointed that out because i'm sure with any of these type types of exercises it's not anything that's going to come within just doing it a few times it's probably going to be like a meditation would have to be something you do maybe every day maybe taking a few minutes at each end of the day to really reflect on these things. Like if you really want to see the effects of this, it'll have to be something you practice consistently. Am I wrong? Um, you are correct and wrong at the same time, Sweet. I guess. That's where I want to be in the middle. <laughs> um, again, it's very subjective. So what you feel off of one experience is not going to be the same as someone else. Mm. But I will say the breath focus is a great way for I guess out of the exercises that we've mentioned, and I'll even mention one more, repetitive prayer is the last one for Harvard um, as far as just repeating thoughts of goodness. Yeah, straight from Harvard, it's telling us that our thoughts have a direct correlation to our body chemistry. But it kind of depends on how you say it too, right? I think we had talked about this before. If you're kind yeah. of Yeah, I'll, I'll answer your first question first and then sure. we'll kind of go into that. Um, yeah. yeah, the breath focus, I think, is going to be the, the quickest to feeling better. Okay. I would say if you're super stressed and you take 10 breaths slowly, intentionally, if you can extend that to five minutes awesome Keep okay so doing you don't have it. to stretch 10 breaths over five minutes right no. <laughs> one breath per two, two that, per minute. that'd be really intense anyway if you can <laughs> just making me focus just on the breath you'll yeah. definitely feel better quicker okay um the rest of the exercises definitely might take a little bit of practice but again with the breath exercise if you're just breathing intentionally more often long term you will feel better okay same with the meditation maybe when you get out of meditation and you're focusing on the happy thoughts then you'll feel better coming out of it but the more and more and more you do it just like the building up patterns with stress you're building happy patterns in your body to your body thinks it's the new normal if you're doing it more often. Yeah. It's like either way, you're kind of constructing a building. It's like, do you want to have the crummy building with no AC that you're building up and that doesn't really function or one that's eco-sustainable and nice? It's like, which one do you want to give more supplies to and finish first and have be standing taller within your... Definitely. I don't know. It's, it's I, building I up just from be, your foundation. <laughs> could just be <laughs> speaking complete nonsense, but that's that's kind of what comes to mind when you're talking about it that way of like whichever one you're building more on is going to be what impacts you the most. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's a great way to put it. 
Um, You're building to, your own to house. To segue like... into your second question of it depends on how you frame it. Um, whatever you set your focus and intention on is going to be the truth. I'll kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I was just it, gonna, it does do you sound have like, do you have an experiential story about that? Like something that's happened to you where you framed something to be your truth? I mean, to... yeah, it's the stories that we tell ourselves. So uh, through my spiritual practices, uh, I guess most people would call it laws of attraction. Um, if you are the saying is the document, yeah, if you are asking for things and you are setting your focus on something, then you will get it. But, and what's really interesting is my girlfriend does a lot of these exercises too. And actually, I'm just going to give a quick shout out. Uh, the Higher Vibration podcast on Spotify, on iTunes. You can find her pretty much everywhere. You can find us as well. She has more episodes than we do, but she specifically has an episode where she goes into the laws of attraction as well. Um, she talks about how it's definitely how you frame your questions and thoughts is really important if you are saying laws of attraction is whatever i focus on i will receive in my life then every time you say i want more happiness then your focus when you think of happiness being the focus what you're actually acknowledging in that statement i want is acknowledging that you don't have it already and you're striving for it so then your focus is not having happiness and you've set that intention you've set that as your focus and so you are now creating more not happiness <laughs> you're extending this not having happiness because you said i want so by saying i have happiness i am grateful for the happiness that i have you've then put the focus on the happiness that you currently have and more of it will come okay. saying i want or i don't want, i am deficient in happiness yeah. and i need more or you are you are bringing You're attention to an aspect that, that you don't body. have it yeah, yeah. Okay. the same goes for saying um, something about stress like I want to feel less stressed if you're bringing that into your life like you're pushing something away you're giving it attention that you're subconsciously playing in your brain you're giving this stress attention instead of giving the positive aspects you can't just tell yourself like I'm happy if you're not happy, <laughs> yeah. you have to acknowledge those parts. But to be grateful for the happiness that you do have is kind of the first step to building um, positivity. So when you're saying like repetitive prayer, it shouldn't be something like, I really want to get this job or like I need this courage in this moment to be able to pursue this avenue in my life. It should be more like, I know I have this within me. I'm, I'm confident in it. myself. You know, I'm, confident. I'm grateful for these abilities that I have, and I know I'm going to do great in this job interview. Yeah. Okay. It's not necessarily I want the job. It's just I trust that the universe is going to 
play out how whatever belief system it is that God is taking care of me. If you're atheist and you say it's all random, you still acknowledge that you have the ability to have influence on the world. Can, yeah. yeah. So then just telling yourself, I have the ability to do it or God is going to take care of it. Just having that faith system and building onto it of I'm grateful for what I have will start to set up a lifestyle that you can actually build what you want rather than push away what you don't want. Thank you guys again for listening to our second episode of Emotion All. We are just getting the ball rolling and on episode two. This episode, we talked about the body chemistry and how emotions actually affect our bodies. We kind of went in a little deeper and followed the long-term effects and we went into the positive and negative aspects and we didn't leave you hanging. We actually gave you a few exercises to follow up as well to building a happier future and a healthier body yeah guys thank you again so much for listening uh we really appreciate the support early on we're currently on spotify breaker podcasts pocket casts and radio public we're also now on instagram as well as facebook so you can follow us there at emotion all podcast leave a comment if you're interested in being on the show uh being interviewed about experience you've had or a life situation as it pertains to emotion and you feel like you have something valuable to share we definitely want to hear from you i think that's pretty much it james anything else to add nope i think you summed it up perfectly so i guess the last question i have for our listeners is how do you feel